0: What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Thursday, September the 26th edition of the Locked On Dolphins Podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we'll preview the game Sunday against the LA Chargers, some more roster moves and injury updates, signal things possibly getting worse before they get better. We'll review the teams that Miami are watching this weekend as well as the teams challenging the Dolphins for the ultimate tank job and we'll rank Miami's positions of need with the first two-round mock draft of the 2020 season for this Locked On Dolphins podcast. All of that and more, but first before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter. You can follow the show at Lockdown fins We'll follow you back and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the written preview for Chargers and Dolphins up on Sunday right now. We have a lot to get to on this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Some roster updates from Wednesday, the Dolphins promoted receiver Isaiah Ford to the active roster and sent guard Danny Isadora to the injured reserve and taking Ford's place on the practice squad is receiver Andy Jones. Other injury news, Jesse Davis is currently listed as day-to-day, although Brian Flores said he is hopeful that he can play through the hand and wrist injury that pulled him out of the game on Sunday in Dallas. Other injury news, still no Rashad Jones or Albert Wilson. And joining them on the sideline is a pair of defensive backs and Bobby McCain, who didn't practice Wednesday, and neither did Jamal Wiltz. And the options beyond those guys at free safety and nickel cornerback is incredibly alarming as they are already thin with those guys in the lineup. And with that, let's go ahead and segue into our first topic here on the Thursday edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Something that has been prevalent on the timeline lately. And I'm not pointing fingers here at anybody, but I've seen a lot of recency bias on the timeline with regards to other teams possibly out tanking Miami. Just because Washington played a stinker on Monday night football, and we all saw it in primetime, does not mean they are somehow worse than the Miami Dolphins right now. In fact, I don't understand how anybody could expect the Dolphins to win any of these games against Washington, the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals. I get there's a chance they could and probably will hang in those games, at least for a little bit, But to expect it, to expect victory, I just don't think that's based in logic. Miami are in rarefied air right now. And this stat comes from the Around the NFL podcast from NFL Media. Since 1950, half of the current teams as we know them in the National Football League entered the league. So 16 expansion teams over that 70-year period. Over those 70 years... No team has ever had a worse point differential through three games than the 2019 Miami Dolphins. And only one team had a worse yardage differential through three games. And the rest of the top five in both of those categories were expansion teams, as in those teams did not exist the year prior to the year they set those records. The Dolphins have stripped this thing down to the bare bones and are playing like a brand new football team entering the league. And it's by design. We've heard Mark Clayton, the former great receiver, come out and say that. Gil Brandt come out and talk about the plan that Stephen Ross has in place. This is by design, this rarefied air in the company of expansion teams. And we talked about the Dolphins' company With the point spread for last game against the Cowboys and how that attached Miami to the strike-shortened season and the teams filled out by scabs, and while the Jets were in that conversation as well, the Jets are currently playing a quarterback that, quite frankly, just doesn't belong in the NFL. I mean, go Cougs, but Luke Falk is not an NFL quarterback. Miami has a 15-year veteran at the position and a former 10th overall draft pick playing quarterback. Do you see the discrepancy there between those two guys and a sixth round pick a couple of years ago that's been on three teams in his first two years in the league? It's a big difference, and we haven't even reached the point of the season where Miami has to start reaching into the street for free agents. Remember last year when they brought in Sylvester Williams and Ziggy Hood right off the street and they played significant reps at defensive tackle? Well, what about Travis Swanson on the offensive line? How about in 2016, the playoff year, when the defense was down to its bare bones with Bakari Rambo and Spencer Pazinger and utilizing special teams ace Michael Thomas on defense exclusively? Things are going to get even worse. And this team, more so than any other team in football, is completely ill-equipped to deal with the war of attrition that is the National Football League. So when I see someone forecasting that there's competition for the number one pick, there's just not. There isn't. The Bengals took the 3-0 Bills to the wire on the road on Sunday. They were also just one or two major mistakes away from beating the Seahawks in Seattle on Week 1. What has Miami done that even relatively close to those types of games in close competition? Washington jumped out to a 17-point lead on the Eagles in Week 1. Their front seven is still pretty damn good, and eventually teams will fail to pick on Josh Norman. He's going to have a good game eventually, at least one game, I'd think. They'll turn to Dwayne Haskins at some point. He'll spark them for a win or two. And that actually probably starts in the week six game in Miami. The Jets, now the Jets are completely awful and I think they might pick second in the draft next year, but that's mostly because Adam Gaze is a total ding-dong who's already lost that locker room and that city and he hired Greg Williams which is another issue in its own right but once they get Sam Darnold back which it sounds like that'll be week 5 after their bye on Sunday, they'll win 3 or 4 games, they'll find a couple of victories over this Dolphins team, over the Bengals, whatever it might be, so don't worry, it's gonna happen, it's not even close, even the Giants with Daniel Jones have found a spark. Even the 0-3 Broncos took the Bears and Packers both down to the very end of the game and should have beaten the Bears, if not for a weird call at the end of that game. Everybody else is competitive. That's what the NFL is designed to do. Miami are not that. This is a college team with at least half of the roster filled out by guys that quite frankly, just will not be working in the NFL in a couple of years. And if you're looking to change jobs, maybe going back to school like I am, or just trying to learn something new, you've got to check out Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, All the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on to try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. And after you've hit the books and educated yourself, go ahead and let your hair down and take a night out on the town, whether it's going to see your favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your... Miami Dolphins or Miami Heat, I don't know who it is these days, but with the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience, as well as an in-app loyalty program, the Vivid Seats Rewards Program. With reward statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, the Dan Marino status, customers can earn from 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases through the app for the month of September. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Just enter promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's promo code LOCKEDON at checkout with the Vivid Seats app, courtesy of Vivid Seats. And if you are going to the game of the week, why not make it even more exciting and put some action on it? Because at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football with game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives or running backs racing down the sidelines. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to put some cold, hard cash on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and you should play there too. I wouldn't be telling you guys about them if they weren't the best in the business. So get to my bookie and make your bets today. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, then you can try a parlay. If all those picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We've seen Jesse Davis and Jakeem Grant get new contracts. All of that after Xavier Howard became the highest paid cornerback in the National Football League. And this team has sent off some talent, but they have extended some of their own And I think the next guy in line for a new contract would be defensive tackle Devon Godshaw. He just checks off all the boxes you like for this team and for this new regime and franchise going forward. He has the leadership qualities you like. I tweeted about this. He's always saying the right things, tweeting positive reinforcement on his timeline. He has the durability you like, especially with this regime in front office. He has only missed one game so far in his two-year career with three more games from this season. He played 500 snaps his first year, 600 185 snaps last year he's on track for about 700 this year so the durability on the interior defensive line is pretty rare but he has it he fits right in line Right around the 30th to 20th graded interior defensive line in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus the last couple of years. And you compare what he could be looking for on the open market compared to his position mates at defensive tackle. There's a pretty big drop-off right after Gerald McCoy for 4-3 defensive tackles. And Devon's a little bit of both of those. He can play the nose. He can be your one shade off the center. He can play some 3-tech, some 2 eye, all that stuff on the interior. And there's a glut of players like Malcolm Brown and Brandon And I think that's where he fits in right around five to five and a half million dollars per year, maybe a three or four year deal for the big man. I expect that to happen sometime next offseason before he reaches his contract year. And we're trying to get Devon on the show here. As Devon is a fan, a friend of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But with that, let's go ahead and spin things forward here and talk about this football game on Sunday at home, Hard Rock Stadium, one o'clock Eastern. It's supposed to be 85 degrees with scattered thunderstorms, 68 percent humidity, and 17 mile per hour winds. The Dolphins are 16 and a half point underdogs. Should you go bet on them with my bookie? I'll tell you about that here in just one minute. Dolphins 0-3, Chargers 1-2. And the injuries we talked about in the first segment, I think really make this matchup brutal for Miami. As the opportunities the Chargers are going to have to get healthy, to get right in this game in areas where they haven't been good so far, like the pass rush situation, I think that Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are about to go off. I projected five sacks on Rosen last week. We didn't get that high. He only had three sacks he took all in that second half. And that mostly happened because of the two tackles he had. Michael Dieter, not a left tackle by trade, and Jamarcus Webb. The two of those guys combined for 16 pressures and three sacks, all three sacks on Josh Rosen. And now you've got Joey Bosa against Jamarcus Webb. 10 pressures and 2 sacks from Demarcus Lawrence in that game primarily. Alf left tackle, Michael Dieter going up against Melvin Ingram. That is a recipe for disaster. I think that's the biggest area of concern for this Dolphins team heading into this game. Let's go ahead and talk about the schemes on offense and defense for the Chargers. They are primarily an 11 personnel package. In fact, they've lined up 72% in 11 personnel this year. That means nickel defense. That means the Dolphins will need Bobby McCain and Jamal Wiltz, two guys They did not practice on Wednesday. They do run 12 personnel, 13% of the time, and 21 personnel at a 10% clip. That's 10th most in the National Football League. So two backs, a little bit of Derek Watt, their fullback, a little bit of Justin Jackson to go along with Austin Eckler, who is a prime time screen and pass receiver in that offense. They've got a variety of skill players they can go to between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think Philip Rivers, the challenge for Brian Flores is going to be to find a way to get pressure on him off either tackle because without Russell Okung, Sam Tevy and Trent Scott are just not that good. They are total liabilities off the edge, and so for Brian Flores and Patrick Graham it's going to be about changing the picture from post snap to pre-snap which is difficult because Philip Rivers has probably seen everything in the National Football League since he's been around since 2004 and finding pressure on Rivers is a challenge just based on the scheme the Chargers run no team in the NFL uses more three and five step drops than the Chargers Rivers gets that thing out as fast as anybody on the other side Gus Bradley wasn't a great head coach, but he is one hell of a defensive coordinator. We learned that, especially last year in the playoffs, when he blanked Lamar Jackson through three and a half quarters of that game. He's been hamstrung without Derwin James and having to use new names in that secondary, but he'll use multiple coverages, a lot of man-free, single high safety, and cover three looks, help to confuse quarterbacks where they change the picture post-snap, and just enough to unleash the dominant pass rush of Bosa and Ingram. Last week against the Texans, the Chargers played four corners for 88% or more of their snaps, and only one safety had more than 15 snaps, so they're kind of mixing and matching on the back end right now as well and the only way the dolphins will have success is to win the early downs and force rivers behind the chains because he is prone to making some mistakes and throwing interceptable balls. I do expect them to bracket coverage Keenan Allen with a couple of safe with a safety and a cornerback combination that way and putting Xavier Howard solely on Mike Williams getting his confidence back in a one-on-one matchup that he's designed to take advantage of because he can really take away the physicality and the length and the catch radius of Mike Williams just by the way that he plays aggressively. And physically. But for the Dolphins to get into those third down situations and find a way to force Rivers to throw into those seven and eight man drops in coverage, they're going to have to stop Austin Eckler, which to me is a challenge because they can pass him the football, they can run the ball with him, and using the Chargers offensive line to climb to the second level both in the screen game and the running game and wipe out those undersized Dolphins linebackers and create space for Austin Eckler who just sets up the screen game so incredibly well and part of that has to do with Rivers and his veteran leadership at that position too so lots of screens, early down passes and finding a way to stretch the running game and get yards for the the Chargers offense. That'll be the key. Gotta get more from guys not named Devon Godshaw and Christian Wilkins. They were really the only two guys in the front seven that had good games last week besides Rayquad McMillan but he's only a 25 snap player at this point they got to get more from Jerome Baker and Sam Egwavon John Jenkins has to get back to his Patriots game performance Avery Mosh Trent Harris Charles Harris all these guys just have to do more for this game to even be competitive Even without Derwin James, they still have some names on the back end of that Charger defense. Casey Hayward is a premier corner that plays in the slot. I'm curious to watch the way he handles Jakeem Grant. Can Grant get some moves and some yards on a veteran like Hayward? We'll see about that. Desmond King will likely find a matchup on Devontae Parker or Preston Williams, and that leaves an opportunity for Brandon Faison to go up against someone like Williams or Parker. That boundary side, short side of the field, go route, the hitch conversion, all that stuff the Dolphins love to do with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. I expect one of those guys to make a big, big play down the field on that Brandon Faison cornerback or Roderick Teemer, a pair of guys that struggle a little bit so far. For the Chargers this year, finding a way to get first and second down success on the ground will be a challenge. They're going to have to move Brandon Meebane, a massive man in the middle of that defense and something this Dolphins interior offensive line Doesn't do very well. They're going to have to get a body on Denzel Perriman because he's one of the game's premier linebackers against the run. A lot of these matchups don't favor the Dolphins, but the one opportunity I do like is that cornerback Brandon Faison. I expect Miami to go after him. He's allowed 12 catches on 16 targets for 134 yards and a touchdown this season. The concerns for the Dolphins... It comes primarily through that pass rush. I just don't know how they're going to get Bosa and Ingram blocked. If they can, that would be great, but I'm not expecting it from Michael Dieter and Jamarcus Webb, or if Jesse Davis is out there, it'll be a challenge for him as well. The projected outcome for this one, my prediction for Dolphins and Chargers, I just think things are going to continue to get worse, especially if McCain or Wilts misses this game. If Jesse Davis misses this game, they just don't have the bodies. They, they literally don't have the guys that can come off the bench and step in and give you NFL caliber play and talent and with that I think things are only going to get worse I do believe however if you're going to go to mybookie.ag the Dolphins will cover their first spread of the year in this one I think they'll hang close and keep the Chargers offense in check just enough to stay within that 16 and a half point spread I'm going Chargers 28 Dolphins 13 a 15 point loss they cover the spread but lose their fourth straight game We're going to come back on the other side of the podcast and rank the Dolphins' needs from highest to lowest. We'll talk about the Texans, Saints, and Steelers over the weekend, and we'll do our first official two-round mock draft here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast as the Dolphins continue to think about the future and push their resources down the line. And that's why I want to tell you guys about Dave.com. If you're like me, you're not always paying attention to your bank account balance. And before you can go in to change money over, it's too late. You've overdrawn and you wind up spending $37 on a cup of coffee. Thanks to the bank fees. Introducing the Dave app, putting an end to overdraft fees for good. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees, tells you about upcoming bills, and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. $75, who wouldn't want that? Get the Dave app and for just $1 per month, that's $12 a year, which is way less than an overdraft fee, and you'll never have to pay one ever again. Go to dave.com slash locked on. It really helps the show. If you let them know you heard about them here, then download Dave and never pay an overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. Go now, dave.com slash locked on. Spelled just like it sounds, D-A-V-E, dave.com slash locked on. Mark Cuban is an investor in Dave because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s and wants you to never pay an overdraft fee again. 3 million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. That's why it's the number one budgeting app in the App Store. Dave.com slash locked on. That's D-A-V-E, Dave.com slash locked on. I've been saying to friends and on Twitter or anyone that will listen to me that I'm actually enjoying this season more because of the stress-free environment of watching games. And don't get me wrong, nothing would be better than watching this team be 3-0 and on their way to a 12-4 season and an AFC East title. But when the alternative is 7-9 or 6-10... Give me this kind of year where I can watch other teams around the league and enjoy it, especially watching these other teams that have, or the Dolphins have their draft picks, so we get to watch and root against them. I was really invested in that Niners and Steelers game last week. It was like watching a Dolphins game because getting that pick in the top five will be so valuable for this franchise that it's worth rooting for. And with that, let's go ahead and talk about the Texans, Steelers, and Saints. The Texans are home for the Panthers. Kyle Allen off that very impressive game against the Cardinals cool to see another air raid quarterback another guy coming off the bench having some success a really cool story for Kyle Allen hopefully he can keep that train going they have a good front seven in Carolina which could give the Texans offensive line some issues that improve Texans offensive line but still Deshaun Watson taking so many hits behind that group Christian McCaffrey I think can give them some issues in the passing game and the running game alike we'll see if Deshaun Watson's mastery can finally wear out because he's been absolutely terrific so far This season, the big one is Steelers at home against the Bengals on Monday night, a huge matchup for Dolphins considerations. It could put the Bengals in the win column, which of course helps the tank better. And it could really push that Steelers pick, not just into the top five, but maybe into the top three. Losing at home to Cincinnati would be rough, but I think it could happen because Zach Taylor is far more hip to the modern NFL game than defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, Keith Butler, and I'm betting he designs a game plan that makes Andy Dalton successful against that Steelers defense, and I'm not betting on Mason Rudolph anytime soon. Saints are home for the Cowboys. I do think Dallas was sleepwalking through that game against Miami in anticipation for this game. Dallas took it to Drew Brees and the Saints last year. They shouldn't have a problem doing it to Teddy Bridgewater, even at home in the Dome. So I'm predicting the Texans win their game, but the Saints and Steelers do not. So the Saints go to 2-2, two and two, the Steelers to 0-4, oh and, and the Texans to 3-1. and one. And if that happens, it will certainly help Miami's draft status come April. And I want to do a quick two-round mock draft without much discussion. But first, before we do that, let's rank the positions of need for this Dolphins team first. And it starts, of course, with the quarterback. Whether you like Josh Rosen or not, this team needs to get that franchise-changing quarterback. And that will likely happen with the first pick in the NFL draft next April. Number two for me is defensive back. I think it's harder to find defensive backs in the draft than it is on the offensive line, and especially so in free agency. And that's the position group that drives this defense. We need more guys in that secondary at safety corner pretty much everywhere. Up next, offensive line, and you could interchange this number two with defensive back. We do need four, maybe even five new offensive linemen on this team, but I think that free agency might be more inclined to solve some of those issues. Number four, defensive edge prospects. Charles Harris, I don't, I've don't. i lost hope there. I was hopeful coming into the year, but it looks like the same player out there. They're going to have to remake that position group. Receiver is next because I think beyond Preston Williams and Jakeem Grant, You probably don't have much here for the future. I don't have faith in Albert Wilson's hip getting better anytime soon and Devontae Parker just too inconsistent. Next, running back, Kenyon Drake, probably going to walk in free agency. Kalen Balaj has not been it. That group is pretty bare bones right now. And then tight end and linebacker are how I rounded out the position groups of highest need. So quarterback, defensive back, offensive line, defensive end, all four of those are glaring needs. Receiver probably in that group too. Running back might be as well. And then tight end linebacker are afterthoughts. And with that, let's go ahead and get to the five draft picks here. A two-round mock just real quick. Up first, off Obviously, number one pick in the draft, quarterback Tua Tungavailoa from Alabama. I talk about him almost every day, so we'll go ahead and skip over that one. And then the next pick, I would expect the Dolphins to explore trade opportunities. I talked about it on the show earlier in the week. If you can entice a team to come up for a Justin Herbert or a Jordan Love, you can possibly get two or three more first-round picks out of this and just continue to take value at max value. If not, we'll say they don't trade out. I'm going AJ Epinesa, the defensive end from Iowa. Chase Young is going to be gone, but he is a great scheme fit, a great two-gapper, long arms, fits the prototype. Then, with the Texans pick in the back end of the first round, I think this Dolphins team, if you're going to base off the Patriots' philosophy, they want to be strong up the middle, and the Patriots have always had a good center. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma is an ass kicker. He's a leader. He is scheme diverse. I think he is a perfect fit for what they want to do here. So you get your starting center, quarterback, and defensive end prospect all in the first round. And then you come back with pick number 33 and you fix the cornerback spot opposite Xavier Howard with Jeffrey Akuda from Ohio State. And then finally rounding out the second round, that second pick, we're going to take the tackle from Texas Christian Lucas Nyong, I think it is. And so we have two offensive line starters, a cornerback starter, a defensive end, and a quarterback. And really, you could go in any direction you want here. I honestly changed that draft a solid five times before I recorded the podcast. It's going to be a fun draft season. So many options, just 13 more games to get through to get to there, and a lot of Locked on Dolphins podcast in that time. But as for today's show, the Thursday, September the 26th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a mailbag edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.